Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to another episode of The Charming Libra. I am your host, Tasha, and happy Thursday, you guys. Happy Jupiter Day. I hope everyone is having a good start to their morning so far. I know for me, um, I have been having a wonderful time being consistent thus far (laughs) with going to the gym, moving my body, like I mentioned feeling so much better. I'm like already feeling um, not so breathless as far as uh, when I'm walking and moving around and stuff anymore. Um, I just, you know, it's just something that once I'm there, I'm there, I'm in the zone and I'm working out hard. The thing is, I've just been getting up before work to do it, not having an excuse. Today, I decided to take the day off because it's only a four day program. And yesterday was supposed to be my day off, but my body wanted to work out. So today, especially after yesterday's fiasco, because it was a lot of um, traveling and I have to go see uh, clients and stuff like that. So it, um, (laughs) it was a lot of wear and tear on my body. And so today I needed that time off. Um, and then I'm just going to, uh, go ahead and go for tomorrow. I was, uh, usually the schedule is like Wednesday off and then Thursday, Friday off, but when my body needs it off, I listen. So I'll be going, um, uh, tomorrow as well. And so, um, other than that, everything has been great thus far. My husband just left this morning to go to the dunes with his buddies. He'll be gone all weekend up until I think uh, July 3rd. It's either July 3rd or July 2nd. So of course he is missed. I love my Scorpio man. But um, yeah, that's just, you know, that's just things we do. It's like when I went on a girl's trip last year to a tree house, um, we just do things like that. It's okay to, you know, have your partner be able to hang out with their friends and everything by themselves and not have to be always around them. Although I don't mind it, but I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be like a stage five clinger or anything. So, and plus like if my girls want to do something, I want to be able to do that where we're not always bringing our men either. So it's nice to have like some time away from each other. Like, although I love him and of course I miss him, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of looking forward to having some time to, 
myself a little bit, some time to not be a wife. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to say that as a bad thing. So I'm not saying that as a bad thing, but you know, you have wifely duties when you get married and stuff. And I always, you know, it's just natural for me to always want to make sure he's taken care of, fed, of course, and everything is, you know, like clothes and everything's clean and all that good stuff. So now I can just kind of like really just deal with myself a little bit. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. I'm trying to think what I'm going to do. I know like I made some plans with my mom and we plan on doing some exploration slash hiking perhaps. Um, unfortunately she couldn't get the time off that, um, she needed to, uh, for us to really do any like juicy hikes like I had planned, but there's still some stuff we can figure out, you know, there's still some stuff that we can do. And then, um, just make sure, you know, my schoolwork and everything is done. Like I'm caught up on reading. I'm just going to take, this is like basically what I'm taking the weekend for as well as a massage. I'm still trying to find a massage therapist. (laughs) And I'm looking for that because I really need one so, so bad. I want a holistic one. I want someone that can really like, I don't know. I just, just really like help me perhaps guide me to people who are into more like spirituality, like stuff like chakra aligning and energy cleansers and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, things like that. But anyway, um, This episode, of course, is a bonus episode. It's regarding our astrology, nutrition, and health. Um, We are on the, I believe, fifth. Um, Yeah, the fifth um, episode of it, if I'm not wrong. (laughs) You know, I never look back. That's my problem. But um, so if you are interested, because you guys know this is kind of like the opening to kind of where the podcast is going to kind of lead to. Um, so I highly recommend that you start like at the beginning. (laughs) So, um, meaning that, you know, you want to go, you need to know the sign polarities, the house polarities, um, the aspects and how they affect our body when it comes to, you know, like nutrition, digestion, disease, all that stuff, as well as, um, the planets and what they represent. And again, I, it's so embarrassing to have to say this, but if you see the episode that says plants, it's not about plants. I am so sorry. I don't, my fucking phone changed the word. So it's planets I'm unable to change that, unfortunately. At least I try to figure out how, and I couldn't figure out how. Um, it's just kind of stuck like that. But um, hopefully someday I can figure it out because I'm sure like a lot of people are like plants. But yeah, it's planets. So let's go ahead and jump in. So this book is by um, Astrology. Um, it's called Astrology, Nutrition, and Health by Robert Carl Jansky. You can easily purchase it if you like to follow on or if you want to even move ahead from the rest of us. But here um, I try to do these every month. Pretty much um, the last one I did was in Gemini season, I think. Either Gemini. Yeah, Gemini season. um, And now it's cancer season, of course. So um, let's go ahead and jump into it. So this one is about carbohydrates and the metabolism. So you really want to 
really pay attention and take notes on this one because this is going to be about how astrology and the planets and everything affects how we metabolize and handle carbohydrates. So if you know your body, and I know I do, (laughs) um, carbs are not really my friend unless I am actively working out. If I am weight training, I can eat carbs with no issues. If I am not, I blow up, I gain weight. It's just not nice. I blow, it's not fun at all. So really truly know your body and how you handle this and use this information to help, you know, um, exhale, exhale, um, I don't know if I'm saying that right. It sounds like I'm saying exhale, but I'm not like basically to help optimize your metabolism. Okay. So let's go ahead and jump in. So it says in this chapter, we examine the important role of carbohydrates in the nutrition of the body. We discuss how the body cells get their energy and why they must have energy and how the digestive process provides the material produce uh, to the material to produce this energy. We also discuss the roles of Venus and Jupiter, Mars and Saturn in producing and using energy and how the body provides for an energy reserve or stockpile of fuel that can be used when the body is under stress. All carbohydrates, including sugars and starches, are under the rulership of Venus. So this is why before I begin, it's important for you to listen to the planet meaning. So again, you know, Venus represents, you know, sugars and stuff like that. It's it's the rulership of it. Jupiter rules like growth and fat. Um, Mars, if I'm not mistaken, rules how the body like how the body like processes it, like burning it pretty much. And Saturn, my goodness, Saturn. I'm going to have to look back at that one. (laughs) It means usually like in medical astrology, it usually looks at like the, uh, it's like the maladies of what you look for. But basically Saturn is the planet, um, yeah, that's right. So Mars is also the planet that uh, is about physical action, the heart and muscular system and everything else. So, and um, Saturn is uh, concerned with structure and establishes limits. Uh, what else? What does it have to do with? Like with the parathyroid glands, regulate the metabolisms of minerals. There we go. So it regulates the metabolism of minerals necessary to uh for bone um formation. So, yeah, so that's what all of that has to do with it. So, let's go ahead and jump in. So, the vital role of glucose, uh glucose, uh, tongue tie. <laughs> glucose, you guys, if you're not familiar, glucose is the sugars. Uh it's basically kind of basically like if you have diabetes, you have a glucose issue. It's because you're, uh, you're having issues metabolizing sugars. So, um, this is what you want to look for that. This is the stuff that kind of will spike up, um, whenever you eat carbohydrates, especially if it's, um, um, I believe it's, uh, you know, not the good carbs like breads and donuts and stuff like that. I forget all the scientific terms. That's why I need to rebrush up on my nutrition. But um, 
yeah, anytime you eat like very starchy carbs, like, you know, some potatoes, um, cakes, donuts, ice cream, stuff like that. Um, you want to be aware of this because again, when it comes to this, this affects insulin. Insulin is the gateway to if you're going to lose weight or not, to be honest, like if you have elevated glucose, glucose, good luck. Um, you're not going to lose weight. Everything you eat is just going to go to the fat in your gut. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. Um, so you have to make sure that that's why I highly recommend that anybody who you don't have to be diabetic. I'm not diabetic, but I have always carried a glucose monitor because I want to make sure that I don't head in that route. And I need to make sure that if I am a little elevated, because if you, if you are a little elevated, that is usually kind of puts you in the pre-diabetic stage. And I have had issues with that and hence why it's so hard for me to lose weight. Uh, my sugars have gone down quite a bit, but I haven't checked it since I stopped working out. The last time I checked it, it was actually in a good, healthy range. Um, other than that, I know my body, the second I stop working out or doing movement, um, it begins to raise as well as I have a pill that I have to take once a week that kind of like really fucks with that. So trying to get myself where I can get off that stuff. Um, but yeah, so just kind of a heads up. So one of the primary goals of the the digestive process is to provide everybody's cell with sufficient amounts of energy to, to sustain itself and remain alive. Many of the vital chemicals reactions that take place in the cell require energy, which is derived from the oxidation of the simple sugar glucose within the cell. Glucose is carried to the cell as the end product of carbohydrate metabolism. So meaning that even though like a potato, yeah, it's a vegetable, but it's starchy. So when the body breaks that down, it becomes a sugar, which is glucose. So all that's how, that's how it works. All of it does. So when people are like, oh no, I don't eat sugar, but I eat carbs. It's pretty much kind of like the same thing. Cause that is again, what it said, the end result. It is what the body turns carbohydrates into. Okay. So, um, there in the presence of enzymes and oxygen, the glucose is converted into carbon dioxide, water, and energy. The carbon dioxide and water are non-essential byproducts of this reaction. The important product is the heat energy, which is derived from the glucose. Okay, so it says glucose plus oxygen, then to carbon dioxide plus water plus heat, um, plus heat energy rather. So it has the enzyme under the oxygen part. So that's, that's the process of how the glucose breaks down. So the oxygen used in, in this chemical reaction is brought from the lungs to the cell by the red corpuscles, corpuscles, remaining hemoglobin in the blood, containing hemoglobin in the blood. The hemoglobin and oxygen combine chemically until enzymes in the cell separate them for use in oxidation. Note the importance of the cell enzymes in this whole process. So 
I myself, um, because with my guts, um, my gut is, I feel like it's a lot better, but who knows until I have the procedure, which I had to cancel because I'm not allowed to take off from work for six months. Um, yeah. So I had to cancel that and I told them I'll call them back. So I'll be around like after October when I can actually take time off, which sucks because that's me and my husband's birthday month. But we're, we already said we're just going to make something work, figure something out on the weekend. But um, basically what I was saying is while my gut is healing, I like to take um, enzymes to help break down the product. Because if you don't have a strong, healthy gut, you're going to have a harder time breaking things down. And so enzymes always work for me. For some reason, they even help keep me regular for some reason. So I use those like whenever I eat something, especially if it's something that I may be allergic to, because that's the main reason why, because it'll help if you, um, and I'm not saying anyone who's, um, what do you call it? Um, celiac. There you go. But those of us who could possibly have a gluten intolerance or gluten's not our friend, it's best, of course, to stay away from it, but I don't know at the moment until my doctor's trying to help me find somebody that will test my allergies to see if I'm fully allergic to that because obviously they said I'm allergic to something. That's why my issues with my gut was happening. Um, But until I can find that out, I want to be safe because I don't want to continue to fuck up my gut barrier. So um, I use those to help me break down like anything that contains dairy all kinds of enzymes, uh, glutenase, I think it's called for it and all that stuff. So if that's kind of you, I I would highly recommend, of course, talk to your doctor, but I would recommend taking an enzyme just to help you digest your food properly. Okay. So glucose is one of literally hundreds of chemical compounds called carbohydrates or saturides. The molecules of all carbohydrates are made up of building blocks called simple sugars. Carbohydrates may may be subdivided into three groups, namely monosaturides, like glucose consists of a single sugar building block, disaturides, like common table sugar sucrose, consists, consists of two simple sugar building blocks, and polysaturides, like Starch and cellulose consist of many simple sugar building blocks joined together in a long line in daisy chain fashion. It appears that the only carbohydrate of any chemical value to the body is a simple sugar or monosaturide called glucose. So remember, that is the one that we want to go for. Um, therefore, one of the major goals of the digestive process is to extract the glucose from the various carbohydrates that we ingest every day. Diet watchers count their calories, but what is a calorie? Exactly. Um, you know, a calorie is energy. That's what I was taught in nutrition class. Um, it is considered, you know, how we count energy and everything is everything else and how much it's worth. Um, it it says it is a measurement of heat energy and it is equivalent to the amount of heat required to raise the temperature of one, one liter of water, one degree centigrade or nearly two degrees Fahrenheit. 
For every gram of glucose that the body oxidizes, 3.74 calories of heat are produced enough to raise the temperature of a liter of water about 6.5 degrees Fahrenheit. When more glucose is produced than the body needs for its immediate requirements, the glucose is stored in various forms in the body. The most obvious form being fat. A proper diet should include sufficient energy foods to meet the body's needs, plus a slight excess for storage purposes. Thus, when you count calories, you are actually measuring the amount of energy that your body is receiving through the process of digestion. So I want to explain this a little bit. So again, we have several stores in the body that will hold glucose, right? Especially if there's um, more than what our body requires. And this is, this is the, this is how it works. You guys, the main thing of first, it's going to be stored in the muscle. Once the muscle stores fill up, which is pretty quick. The next one I believe is the liver. Um, when that is, when that, when the liver is filled Um, then the next step is fat. Okay. This is, this is why like people, and I can only speak for the country I'm in, but America's having a fat epidemic because unless to open and keep those other stores open, you have to move, meaning you have to burn the fat. You have to burn the, like, I know lifting weights really helps open up those stores and burn off the um, stores in the muscle and everything else. So if you're doing that, that's why, why do you think you see like fitness, like influencers who will have these gigantic burgers and pancakes for breakfast sometimes because they, they move their body. They, their muscle stores are always open pretty much because they're working out all the time. Therefore, their shit never really turns into fat unless they overconsume, or if they're doing a um, what do you call it a bulking process where they where they gain muscle because you have to eat more to gain muscle, which also is going to cost you to uh, to gain a little bit of fat, but it's not like a nasty like sloppy fat. It's just you're going to gain a little bit of weight to be able to gain muscle. So that's just how it is, and that's why you see them do a bulking phase and they do a cutting phase. They build their muscle, then they cut the fat that they gained, which is not like they don't gain like 80 pounds of fat, right? It'll probably be like maybe 10, 20 or or somewhere around there, but it's not a lot at all. So, but, um, you want to avoid it being stored as fat, put it like that. So you need to move your body. That's how you can prevent it from doing that. That's why you need to really learn your body and learn like, how much carbohydrates you need because the one thing out of all of them is that carbohydrates has the most stores in the body. Protein, on the other hand, doesn't. So that's why like when people, you don't want to overeat anything, but if you eat more protein than carbs, your body is actually going to use that because they don't really, it doesn't really have many places to store it. Like, I mean, I'm sure it can, um, convert it 
I mean, I'm not sure because I'm getting too like above myself a little bit, but it just it just will be used more so for all kinds of different things because we need protein, right? But compared to sugars, yeah, we need that here and there, but there's plenty of stores for it. So hence why we should not really be overeating to the point where it's like always being put to fat. So that's all I wanted to say. I know I might be confusing some people, but that's just how I, I look at it. Um, okay. So storage and release of energy. Plus if you want to turn yourself into a fat burning machine, you're going to have to look to like, not completely like get rid of carbs, but use like eat for one good carbs, um, healthy carbs and not like starchy carbs. And, um, yeah, because like, if you just, that's basically what keto is. Keto doesn't eat carbs and that's why it becomes a fat burning machine. But, um, keto is very, in my opinion, restricting. And it's something that I would probably use short term, not long term, just because it's, it's just too much in my opinion. Too much of a good thing, like I said, can always still be harmful. All right, so storage and release of energy. The demand for energy varies with the amount of activity being carried on by the body. Therefore, it is essential that there be some means for storing or stockpiling energy to meet demand during a peak periods of activity or stress. The first means of stockpiling is to temporarily convert glucose back to a polysaccharide or starch form. Both animals and plants do this. The reverse of the body's glucose oxidation process takes place in the leaves of every plant in photosynthesis, in which carbon dioxide from the air is combined with water from the earth to form glucose, which is stored by the plant as starch. Photosynthesis takes place only in sunlight and thus is a chemical process for storing up solar energy. But the plant uses energy at night also, and thus the starch is is the plant's glucose reserve source. Gosh, like the universe is amazing. The human body does something similar. It stores excess glucose in the form of animal starch called glycogen, glycogen in the liver and muscle tissue. Okay, so but there is a limit to the amount of glycogen the body can produce and store about 500 milligrams. So write that down. After that, the extra glucose is converted to fat. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> and I did, I guess I got ahead of myself because I didn't know that we we're going to talk about this. <laughs> but after that, the extra glucose is converted to fat. Glycogen is ruled by Jupiter as is fat. So remember, you have too much of that, you're going to gain weight. Unlike plants, which remain stationary, animals move about and thus experience more stressful situations and crises. Or crisis, I think. Crisis, crisis, one of it. Oh, crisis, yeah. When added, glucose energy is required very suddenly. When such an emergency occurs, the body signals the need for added energy by releasing the hormone adrenaline, ruled by Mars, into the bloodstream. Adrenaline quickly breaks down the glycogen molecules, molecules and glucose, providing energy, uh, added energy to deal with the emergency situation. So this is basically stuff that like, you know, our ancestors kind of dealt with. That's why they, they weren't really like, you know, cause they had to stay safe from like fucking saber tooth tigers and shit. 
And so um, whenever they would eat things like that, it would store because they were also not hardly eating. So the body is going to store if you're not really eating. So that's another thing, too. If you're not hardly eating, the body's going to think it's starving and it's going to store it. And so when our ancestors, like the cavemen, got into an issue, their adrenaline would kick that up so that they had the energy to be able to protect themselves. So shortly after eating a meal, the body is flooded with far more glucose than it could use. Where it, where, were it not for the liver and muscle where the excess glucose is stored as glycogen. Later between meals, as the supply of glucose in the bloodstream is slowly used up, another hormone called cortin, also ruled by Mars, triggers the slow conversion of glycogen back into glucose. So glycogen plus cortin equals glucose proceeds slowly. And it says glycogen plus adrenaline equals glucose. Glucose. I don't know why I keep saying glucose. (laughs) Sorry about that proceeds rapidly. One symptom of lowered blood sugar level is sleepiness or tiredness. Another is hunger. Tired automobile drivers are urged to stop for a cup of strong coffee, which contains the the drug caffeine. In order to stay awake at the wheel, caffeine rolled by Neptune is, is similar in chemical nature and structure to adrenaline. And when it gets into the bloodstream, it tricks the body into converting glycogen back to glucose in much the same way that adrenaline does. Thus, the driver wakes up again and becomes more alert for a brief time. So if you don't know, Neptune rules anything that tricks the body. So like it rules drugs, alcohol, meds, anything that makes the body believe that it's doing something on its own is ruled by Neptune. So be aware of that, like anything like psychedelics, all of that kind of shit, right? Okay, so it says glycogen plus caffeine equals glucose proceeds rapidly. This is why caffeine is considered to be a stimulant. It stimulates the release of glucose, raising the blood sugar level temporarily, which is why some people find it difficult to sleep at night after drinking coffee. Um, That's my thing. I don't, I don't use caffeine unless I got no sleep at night. Otherwise, um, I used to be a huge avid coffee drinker, especially in my, um, psychiatric hospital days. Cause it was a lot of work. Um, and I found myself number one, I was like drinking way too many pumpkin spices from Starbucks. Cause that would be my coffee of choice. And I remember gaining 20 pounds around that time. And I was like, anytime I wouldn't have it, if I didn't have time to go there, then it's like it would be impossible for me to perform. Like I would be so drained and so tired. And I just got the epiphany one day of like, hey, like I almost feel like I'm depending on caffeine like a drug. So I just, it's crazy how I can cold turkey that, but not other like shit in my life. But I cold turkeyed a coffee for years. And now, I, of course, I had lost the 20 pounds around the time. Um, and I um, was fine. Then I, I used, um, herbal teas. That's when I really started getting into like herbal stuff, herbal teas and stuff like that. Um, that just gave my body life, um, depending on what I was lacking. I would just use that, uh, that herb and, and use it for that because I don't like anything that's going to cause my body to get addicted. I just don't. So that's just me personally. The strength of the caffeine effect depends upon how sensitive Neptune is in your chart. 
For example, a person with Neptune in an angular house is more sensitive to this effect than a person whose Neptune is cadent. But it is those with Neptune in sustenant houses and fixed signs who generally cannot sleep because the caffeine effect is fixed and therefore more prolonged. Isn't that interesting? So look to your chart and see how sensitive your Neptune is, of course, again, within either an angular, cadent, or sustenant house. Um, and if it's in a fixed sign. I know mine is um, mine is in a, uh, it's not in a fixed sign. I just can't think about it right now, but it's not in a fixed sign, so... Yet I'm still sensitive, right? <laughs> anyway, um, so if it's in a fixed sign, beware, beware. And for it to be in a fixed sign, let's see, you would have to be like a, I guess, a Nep- at least a Neptune in Scorpio. That's a fixed sign or, you know, Leo, Aquarius, all that other stuff. I mean, not Aquarius. Um, yeah, Aquarius. I'm sorry. Gosh, I can't even think. All right, so the the conversion of glucose to glycogen for temporary storage and later release as needed is promoted by the hormone insulin. Diabetics whose bodies do not produce enough insulin lack the ability to properly store glucose as glycogen. Because glucose is not converted to glycogen, the blood sugar level goes way above normal until the kidneys until the kidneys in trying to protect the body from sugar crystallization in the blood start to excrete sugar as glucose in the urine. The opposite of diabetes, hypoglycemia, or low blood sugar, is apparently much more common according to Carlton Federicks and other nutritionists. In this condition, the body produces too much insulin to the point that so much glucose is stored as glycogen that there is not enough glucose in the bloodstream to maintain normal body function. The person feels persistently tired and listless from lack of sufficient energy for normal body process. If early research findings are confirmed, hypoglycemia may well be root, a root cause of such problems as asthma, alcoholism, rheum, rheumatic heart, heart disease, varicose veins, and a variety of other conditions whose exact cause is not completely understood. It is interesting to note that asthmatics rarely have diabetics and that if they do contract it, the symptoms of asthma seem to magically disappear. Wow, that's interesting. Um, this obviously this book is is old. <laughs> Just letting you guys know that because it says it said that Mr. Carlton Federicks, who is a nutritionist and other nutritionists, said that most people um, suffer from low blood sugar. I don't know about like I said, I don't know about any other country, but not in America, honey. We suffer with high motherfucking blood sugar. We have an epidemic of diabetics. So don't let that, don't let that make you think, oh, I must be low diabetes. Again, get you a glucose monitor, please. That way you can figure out how everything's working and you can optimize, especially if you're on a fitness healing journey, you can optimize your nutrition and how you move. Okay. So glycogen ruled by Jupiter is the end product of reaction that starts with Venus ruled glucose. Thus, we can say that the sugar storage process is a Venus-Jupiter function. With Jupiter representing the end product, the burning or destruction of glucose is ruled by Mars. And the end product of its destruction, carbon dioxide, is ruled by Saturn. This illustrates a very important principle of nutritional astrology. 
that Venus and Jupiter together represent the building up or growth process. Mars and Saturn together represent the destructive or aging process. When you reach the late 20s, these Mars-Saturn process become dominant and the body begins to slowly break down as aging proceeds. Thus, the goal of proper nutrition is to retard the Mars-Saturn aging effect as long as possible. Again, proper nutrition, because if you're not, you're going to age rapidly. Like, you don't know how there's some people who, um, and I'm not talking shit or anything, but I know there's one time um, I was sitting somewhere and this person was talking about something I had overheard because they were like literally behind me. And I remember walking into the restaurant, seeing their face and everything because they like kind of like grinned at me and everything. I grinned back and they were talking and then, you know, the person was like, well, gosh, I'm only 24 or something like that or 25. And I was like, what in the fuck? Like, I wasn't trying to judge, but like, this person did not look 25. I thought they were like much older than that. And you're starting to see that kind of, and hence why so many people want to stick like fillers and Botox and everything in their face for preventative care. And I will tell you that shit is not preventative care. If anything, it's uh, acceleration care. Not judging anyone who does it to each their own. Do what makes you feel happy. But again, too much of a good thing can really fuck you up. I've seen people who had minimum work and it looks amazing. But a lot of people are just going overboard with it. And it, it I'm telling you, it, it's aging people severely. So use common sense, please. Use discernment of... When it gets too much, if you start to feel like you're getting body dysmorphia, please go see a licensed mental health provider. That way it will help you from doing too much and then later on regretting it. Because I believe when people start getting up in their like late 30s, 40s and all that stuff, they are going to regret doing that shit when they were 19, 18, 19, 21, when you're still growing. But anyway... Um, proper nutrition is what's going to keep free radicals out of your system to help keep yourself healthy so that you aren't aging so bad. So make sure you slow down that Mars and Saturn (laughs) aging process. Okay. All right. So Venus triggers the growth process, the end result of which is Jupiter. That is why Jupiter represents growth in traditional astrological symbolism, Mars triggers the aging process and Saturn, the Grim Reaper, represents the end product breakdown. This also explains why the Venus-Jupiter ruled vitamins and minerals become so important in your later years. Which I need to find out because my Jupiter and my Venus, I believe they're squared. And you guys know square and this in medical astrology is not good, so... That's why I have issues with metabolism of sugars, to be honest, because Venus rules sugar, sugars, because remember, whenever I do that, because it's kind of broken, I easily gain weight and I am fucking huge right now. So, um, yeah, I'm just calling myself out and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but for me, because it's affecting my health, it's not good for me. 
I love myself, don't get me wrong, and I think I'm beautiful, but I can't allow myself to stay overweight um, because it's, it's not good for my health. That's just me. Do what you have to do, but make sure you're staying safe. It's okay to be positive about yourself, but don't get to the point where you're like, oh, you know, this and this is happening, or I love like my body. I'm never going to lose the weight because in the end, extra weight is just not good for the body. It's the body is overworking itself and it has nothing to do with being fat phobic at all. Trust me, it does not. Um, it's just being aware of yourself and your body. That's all not fat phobic. So please don't take that as that. Okay. So, um, persons with an afflicted Saturn or Mars require large amounts of these vitamins and minerals in their diet than the average person. Um, yeah. So look again, look to your Saturn and Mars, see if it's squared. Luckily mine is not, um, I have a Scorpio Saturn and a Virgo Mars. So they, they work very well together, water and earth and everything else. And they're not like, yeah. So make sure you look at that. Um, again, my Venus and Jupiter is, but not my Saturn or Mars. So, um, if you have that, keep write down that you may require you know more vitamins and minerals um, in their diet than the average person. Now you can readily see how Jupiter, representing too much of a good thing, is so involved in in obesity. Jupiter rules fat, the product of too much Venus activity or sugar intake. Also, this is why fat people. Oh, this is I'm sorry. This is what the book is saying, not me. Uh, This is why fat people tend to retain too much fluid in their body. The moon rules body fluids and Jupiter is exalted in cancer. And those with Sagittarius rising, Jupiter ruled persons, tend to be taller than people with other rising signs. On the other hand, Saturn is exalted in Libra, indicating that a well-balanced diet is the best defense against Saturn's aging process. Mars is exalted in Capricorn, which is Saturn's sign. When Mars is in the sign, it is kept under control and the aging process proceeds more slowly. You lucky dogs, you. People with Mars in Capricorn or Saturn in Libra often look younger than they are. So again, keep those in mind. I don't have any of those, unfortunately. (laughs) But anyways, uh, (laughs) yeah. So just make sure you are taking care of yourself And to really take notes during this time for that so you can look into your own chart and see how you can optimize your nutrition and how your body is going to intake everything. So carbohydrate digestion, it says we are ready to now see how the body chemically derives glucose from the carbohydrates in in the diet and how this process is influenced by natal planetary positions. Let us, let us take as our example, a slice of bread, a food rich in carbohydrates. Before wheat is milled, the starch in the kernels is enclosed in microscopic sacs or casings composed of cellulose. Although cellulose is a carbohydrate, it is indigestible by human beings. And remember, there's a lot of that in our supplements and our foods and all that stuff. Uh, Paper and wood fiber are cellulose. And if the body would digest cellulose, the paper on which this page is printed would be digestible. Um, 
Milling removes the cellulose casings, making the wheat starch more digestible, but it also removes valuable vitamins and minerals that are in the casings. As a general rule, the longer the chain of glucose molecules within the starch molecule, the harder the starch is to digest. Thus, we do certain things to the starch molecule to shorten its length. Heat shortens the molecules, so we bake our bread. Toasting the, the bread carries this process further by breaking the starch molecule down into a brown compound called dextrin. Dextrin is the crust on a loaf of bread and the golden brown coating on toast. It too is a polysaccharide, but its chain length is greatly shortened, making it much more digestible. That is why a sick person is often given toast. Carbohydrate digestion begins with food preparation, as do all digestive processes, sometimes long before we eat the food. This explains why we prepare certain foods in special ways before eating it. When you take a bite of your slice of bread, enzymes in the saliva, as you chew, begin to chop the long-chain carbohydrate molecule down into smaller molecules of maltose, a, dis a, dis a disaccharide. The longer you chew each mouthful, the more carbohydrate is broken down. Note also that the longer you chew the bread, the sweeter it tastes because maltose, which is venous ruled, is a sugar. After the bread is swallowed, it enters the stomach where hydrochloric acid in the digestive juices quickly comp completes the breakdown process. The remaining starch and maltose are broken down further into glucose ready for immediate digestion. Athletes often eat foods rich in dextrose, another name for glucose, just before a game because this gives them plenty of reserve energy that does not have to be digested. The dextrose in a candy bar provides this vital energy. Table sugar, which is sucrose, a disaccharide, is also readily digestible because it contains a glucose molecule. But if this energy source is not rapidly used up in vigorous bodily exercise, it gets stored first as glycogen, as glycogen and then as fat. This explains why a high-carbohydrate diet is used for weight gain and why the intake of carbohydrates must be carefully controlled in order to lose weight. For the average person, 60 grams of carbohydrates a day is sufficient to maintain body weight. 30, 30 grams of carbohydrates will result in the loss of about one pound per day while 90 grams will increase the weight by about one pound per day. This low-carbohydrate diet that is becoming popular is based on this principle. Starving people usually have a diet of less than 30 grams of carbohydrate per day, a strict regimen that is not recommended. On the other hand, every added pound of fat adds about three miles of capillaries to the blood vascular system. Pumping blood through these capillaries, capillaries, I think it is, Naturally places added strain on the heart, which is why overweight people tend to have higher blood pressure and are in greater danger of injury to the heart and blood circulation. During Jupiter transits of your first house, which represents the physical body as a whole, the tendency is to overeat and thus gain weight. This occurs about once every 12 years, and it is important it is an important time to watch your diet carefully. On the other hand, a Saturn transit of the first house is an ideal time to lose weight. Oh. Since Saturn restricts gain during the two uh, during two the two or three years it takes to transit this house. I'm gonna look something up later on. I, I that's very interesting because I would like to see when Leo was in Jupiter because 
Leo is my first house. So that that is going to be fucking interesting. So I'm going to have to check that out. Okay, so the next one is about fiber in the diet. Okay, no discussions of carbohydrates would be complete without mentioning the need for fiber or cellulose in the daily diet, even though fiber has no recognized nutritional value. The human body cannot digest cellulose even though it has the same basic chemical formula as starch. With one important exception, if we could magnify a cellulose molecule and a starch molecule, we could see that they are mirror images of each other. The body recognizes this difference and it has no enzymes that can break down the cellulose molecule. Certain animals such as cows can break down cellulose as termites, which um, as can termites, which live on wood, also largely cellulose. The astrological rulership for cellulose has never been clearly established, but I believe that it is that it is Jupiter since like fat and glycogen, it is the end product of carbohydrate metabolism in plants. Ow, cellulose is strictly a plant, a plant product. Scientists and nutritionists prefix the letters D and L to the names of chemicals that have this mirror image property. Besides the carbohydrates, the molecules of amino acids and many vitamins also also have this property. In almost all cases, human enzymes recognize and use the D form but cannot do anything with the L form. Compounds manufactured synthetically are a mixture of both forms and are thus labeled DL. In buying vitamins... You should check the formula very carefully because the body can utilize only the D form. All of the L form passes through the digestive tract unused. Lewis Pasture is credited with this discovery. Most of what we refer to as fiber or rougage or rough, it's spelled R-O-U-G-H-A-G-E, is cellulose, an L form carbohydrate and the average American diet tends to be low in roughage. That's all I can think that it is. Um, the idea that roughage is necessary in the diet used to be considered an old wives' tale, but a mounting body of evidence now suggests that fiber can be an important defense against rectal and intestinal cancer and a host of related problems of the in- intestinal tract. After lung cancer, cancer of the rectum and colon are the most common forms of cancer today in the United States. During 1977, they will strike nearly 100,000 Americans, slightly more than 4 per 10,000 population. I can't even imagine what it is now because, again, this book is old. So I was saying during 1977, so I can only imagine it's probably worse now because the American diet is just, we barely get any, any, um, fiber. Just, it's sad. And nearly half will die as a result. Yet in underdeveloped countries where people eat mostly the cheaper forms of carbohydrates, which are relatively refined and thus high in fiber, the incidence of this form of cancer is slightly less than four per 100,000 population. Also, these people rarely become obese. People whose diet is high in fiber between 20 and 25 grams daily also have a very low rate of appendicitis. The function of fiber is that it helps food pass through the intestine more quickly. 
certain bacteria in the intestine, which is vertebrally or veritable treasure trove of bacteria, both helpful and harmful, act on the bile salts to form compounds that are known as carcinogens, substances that cause cancer. The longer it takes material to travel through the intestinal tract, the more time these carcinogens have to work have to work their sabotage. Insufficient fiber in the diet also may be a major cause of constipation, intestinal growth called polyps, and even heart disease because of increased cholesterol levels in the blood. Foods high in fiber include whole wheat bread, unrefined flour, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, beets, carrots, potato skins, and mostly vegetables. The richest source is bran, which is part of wheat germ. Now, when it says this, this is the thing that we got to think, especially in America, because again, I can only talk as an American woman. Um, Wheat germ, we've seemed to have demonized wheat and gluten, right? And that's because majority of the time we are wheat and our gluten is very overprocessed. But if you get the natural wheat germ or gluten that has not been overly processed, you'll find that you don't have these bloating issues and everything else unless you're like actually fully allergic to these these uh, things. But that is why we're having such a hard time here because gluten really isn't the devil. It's just that here in America, we overprocess it to the point where it is the devil. It does mess up our bodies because again, it's taken out all of the nutrients that's naturally in it and left basically the shell of junk. So... Just to kind of reiterate that again. Um, Let's see. That's why you see like on things where people are like, oh, I moved to Italy and I still eat pasta and all the wheat and I don't gain weight. That's because their shit ain't um, overly processed. So just think about that for a second. (laughs) Okay, so bran flour now available in any health food store is excellent for breading meats and vegetables before cooking. Again, this is an old book. And when mixed with seasoning, it is great flavor enhancer. Breakfast cereals that have the word bran in their name are usually high in fiber content, which is often indicated on the box. If you use these cereals to increase your daily fiber intake, however, avoid the pre-sweetened brands and sweeten your cereal with honey instead of sugar. Honey is more healthful because it contains other nutrient substance in addition to sugar. I highly recommend, so I get my honey from a bee farm. Buy at your own risk when it comes to the store. Not saying there can't be some genuine, all-around, organic honey. But I'm telling you, I used to hate honey. I, I hated the way it tasted because it tasted like chemicals to me. So I never liked it. But boy, oh boy, when I started getting, um, what is it? Um, uh, be, uh, honey from actual, like, you know, that hasn't been fucked with. Oh, it's so delicious. Like, I I don't eat it all the time, of course, because I'm trying to not eat too much sugar. But like, if I want to sweeten some, like a little bit of tea, get a little, because usually I drink everything bitter. I don't add sugar to coffee, nothing, right? I drink it bitter um, if I do have it. Um, But I mainly have, I'm talking about my teas because I don't really drink coffee. But my teas... um, I, I use like, if I want to have a little bit of sweetness in it, I do use like a tiny bit of honey and that just works its magic. It's so delicious. So look at, uh, you can, I Googled it for me, uh, just look, Google like 
bee farm near me or something like that, and then you can go and pick some up. Like, I love to eat honeycombs. Like, I know I, I never thought you could eat that, but those things are amazing. Like, if I want something sweet, I'll cut off a piece of honeycomb and eat it. I spit out the wax, of course, but, oh, it's so good. Okay, so it says, a word about alcohol. We usually think of alcohol as a rather volatile liquid that burns when lighted and has a characteristic odor. Wood alcohol, methyl alcohol, and grain alcohol, ethyl alcohol, are typical examples. The chemist, however, knows that most alcohols are not liquid at all, but white crystalline solids. Although sugar is a form of alcohol, its molecule is more and much more complex than that of grain alcohol. Sorry about that. All of you tea toll... Tito tailors who put sugar in your tea or coffee. You can become just as addicted to sugar as to alcohol, especially if Venus sugar is closely conjunct the moon, your, ha- your habit patterns, in your needle chart, or if you have a moon Venus sextile or trine. Have you noticed that most of the cures for alcoholism involve sub- substituting sweets for alcohol and that a large, amount of sh- a-, a large amount of sugar kills your desire for alcohol? You are merely substituting one kind of alcohol for another. Interesting. The interesting thing about ethyl alcohol, which is the alcoholic constitute of all intoxicating intoxicating drinks, is that the body will use it as an energy supply in preference to glucose. Glucose. As far as we know, glucose can be absorbed only through the walls of the small intestine, but ethyl alcohol is absorbed right through the stomach walls before it even gets to the small intestine. Ethyl alcohol needs no digestion at all. The body takes it in very quickly as it is. And what is even more important, the cells burn the alcohol just like glucose. So, yeah, in nutrition class, again, alcohol is actually the same amount as fat in cacaos. So fat is worth nine cacaos, so is alcohol because it's pretty much pure sugar. Um, The problem in, in part stems from the fact that excess alcohol destroys protein, especially the protein that constitutes nerve fibers. The brain is rich in nerve fibers and too much alcohol destroys these fibers and thus the sensory functions resulting in impaired motor nerve responses. Thanks to Mother Nature and thousands of years of evolution during which man naturally ingested vegetable material in various states of fermentation, which produces grain alcohol, the body developed a natural defense against abnormal amounts of this poison. A special liver enzyme, ethylase, has a soul and specific function of converting ethyl alcohol into carbon dioxide and water before it can injure the body. The material from which the body constructs ethylase is thiamine or vitamin B1, which is a valuable constitute of all common hangover remedies. Normally, the body contains enough ethylase to convert about one shot of alcohol per hour into carbon dioxide and water without any deleterious effects, that is drunkenness. More rapid consumption of alcohol overpowers this enzyme and the normal signs of drunkenness begin to appear as the alcohol affects the motor nerve responses. As one might expect, ethyl alcohol is ruled by Neptune. Alcohol is deceptive because the body cannot distinguish between glucose and ethyl alcohol when it is, represent, when it is present in excessive quantity. Only the liver, co-ruled by Neptune, the body's defensive process, can detect the difference and convert this poison to inoffensive byproducts for methyl alcohol the body has no defensive enzymes ingesting any quantity of wood alcohol quickly results in the denaturing of the body protein and rapid death as astrologers let us recognize in symbolic terms the results of alcohol ingestion neptune substances 
such as alcohol, deceive the body into unnatural responses. When someone rationalizes that he or she is a moderate drinker, one must ask how moderate, how much alcohol is consumed per hour, more than one ounce, two ounces, five. When someone says that scotch is less intoxicating or fattening than bourbon or beer, the question that must be asked is why is it necessary to drink alcohol in the first place? To supply energy that is not being supplied from natural glucose sources to escape from the frustrations of life. Many astrologers are interested in the problems that lead to excessive alcohol consumption and alcoholism, which society has come to recognize as a disease. No one has yet established a signature of alcoholism based upon the symbolism of the natal horoscope. However, one can certainly assume that Venus, representing sugar metabolism, Neptune because alcohol is a sugar substitute and a deceiver of the metabolism, and the moon, our habit patterns, must be involved in the problem of the, of the alcoholic. In this chapter, I have tried to explain what carbohydrates and sugars are. We have seen that the digestive process must reduce carbohydrate molecules to glucose, which is the fuel that each cell uses in all the other chemical reactions that keep the cell alive. The process of breaking down the complex carbohydrates is ruled by Mars and Saturn analysis. The body stores glucose for times when it needs extra energy. The storage of glucose, glucose first as glycogen, animal starch, with the, stress store, with the excess stored as fat is a Venus-Jupiter synthesis process. Don't forget to look that up in your chart, you guys, to see how your Venus and Jupiter, how they're either loving or either hating each other. Each step of the breaking down and building up process is controlled by body enzymes or hormones. When an enzyme or hormone, for example, insulin is lacking or insufficient, supply normal metabolism of sugar is disrupted and, and a disease condition results in the case diabetes. On the other hand, too much of a hormone can also result in a chemical imbalance and disease. Too much insulin causes hypoglycemia. Neptune ruled substances like caffeine and alcohol closely resemble normal chemicals needed in nutrition and trick the body into false responses, thus causing the body to react in unnatural ways. So be aware of that if you are a huge alcohol drinker. For me, I only drink and it'll be like a shot or two on special occasion. I My 20s was there for me when I used to get like really fucked up and really wasted you know um other than that I didn't let that happen too much but those were all would also be special occasion like when we would throw like big ass parties like go to one of our friends big ass parties and we're just fucking getting lit and shit but now that I know how it affects everything I just have my shot and stuff whenever we're celebrating someone's birthday or something positive that happens a shot or two other than that, I stay away from it because I don't want anything making me more sick. So make sure you are consuming in a moderate to less consumption with alcohol, if possible. Um, other than that, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope it was helpful. I highly recommend you take notes because I'm actually about to check when the last time Leo was in... Um, my first house, I mean, the, what was it? Um, I think, yeah, Jupiter, uh, when the last time Jupiter and Saturn was in my first house to see like during those times, 
in my life was I did I gain a lot of weight was it easy for easier for me to gain weight or was I losing weight and stuff stuff like that and I'll let you guys know what I find out so I hope you enjoy this um, episode I love you guys so much thank you for everything don't forget there is a um, Scorpio collection is on sale on my jewelry shop Alari Sky Jewelry so please take a look it's 20 I believe 20 to 25 percent off I'm just trying to get rid of it so it doesn't go to waste I'll probably um you know like do some other stuff with it to see but other than that hope you guys have a wonderful Thursday and